Previously on Blackout Dates. All right, we are walking up the driveway at Bob's house in Wyoming. Uh, we are way out in the middle of nowhere. The company that robbed me blind, that ruined my life, was Helios and Matheson. Helios and Matheson would withdraw money, steal it from their employees, and put it towards keeping MoviePass's service alive. We were all brainwashed, tricked into believing we were serving some kind of higher ideal of saving the movie-going experience, like it was some kind of god we were worshipping. Helios and Matheson has secrets, you know? Stuff I only heard whispers about. They're gone. Bob, his family, everyone is gone. Hello and welcome to Blackout Dates, a podcast investigating the rise and fall of beloved movie ticket subscription service MoviePass. I'm your host, Zach Gelfand. And I'm Spencer Roth-Rose. Last week, we visited former MoviePass employee Bob Butterman, who was living with his family under an assumed French identity in Wyoming. Bob told us the awful truth behind MoviePass's business model. They were siphoning off money from their own employees' bank accounts in order to subsidize their subscribers' movie tickets. But most disturbing of all was that the employees were so brainwashed by their charismatic leader Mitch Lowe that they just let it happen. One thing Bob couldn't tell us, though, was the whereabouts of Jake Sodak, his former MoviePass colleague who disappeared under mysterious circumstances in 2018. He seemed pretty certain Jake wouldn't have bailed or gone into witness protection like he did that Jake was so devoted to MoviePass, he would have gone down with the ship. But to where? And what could that even entail? After spending a delightful evening laughing and singing Sur le Pont d'Avignon with Bob and his family, we awoke to find the house completely deserted. No sign of the four of them, or even of any of the tasteful decor that had adorned the home not 12 hours before. Bob's final message to us, a note reading, If you could find me, so can they, left us with a hollow feeling. Had we endangered his safety by publicizing his newly adopted name and location on a podcast with thousands of obsessed fans and a highly active subreddit? There was only one course of action left. Grab our backpacks, double check the microwave for any beer they forgot, and make the trip back home to New York. The next stop is Fulton Street. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Back at our office in the Big Apple, we decided to reorient ourselves toward the final destination Bob pointed us to, MoviePass's parent company, Helios and Matheson. Bob mentioned whispers of strange happenings at Helios that seemed to only be known to those in the right circles. Helios and Matheson has secrets, you know? Stuff I only heard whispers about. Backroom deals, unorthodox team bonding activities, secret meetings in the dead of night. The AMC list is barely scratching the surface of what these guys are hiding, believe you me. So, Zach, I guess the first step is to gather what intel we can on Helios and Matheson. So, let's see what's available on the World Wide Web. Heliosandmatheson.com Warning! Warning! Get off this page now! Oh, fuck! Go back! Go back! Go back! Huh. What color was the smoke coming from the computer? Uh, it was kind of like a, a grayish color. Gray. Fascinating. This is Zephyr Gondra. I lived with Zephyr for a year when I first moved to New York, but I hardly ever saw him through the eyeliner and the forest of medicinal herbs he filled the apartment with. He once made me watch Eyes Wide Shut every night for a month. 
If anyone could clue us in about the occult history of a publicly traded data analytics company, it was mm. him. Yes, well, the name Helios, you see, Helios was the personification of the sun in ancient Greek myth. Yes, every day he would drive the chariot of the sun across the sky from east to west. He, you know, he wasn't a major god, of course, but um, he was worshipped as a giver of, of life and creation. Matheson could be a few different things. Well, for, for starters, there's an industrial gas supplier with that name and, um, of course, the logistic provider for the Postal Service. Do you know anything about the company Helios and Matheson? No, but I do have this book that could help. Jin Ra's Compendium of the Occult. It's my favorite. I can't get enough, but I can't dive into it now since, of course, it's a full moon. But I, I can send it to you so you and the other boy can look at it. So, Zephyr said we might be able to find information on Helios and Matheson in this thing? I'm kind of afraid to open it. I feel like it'll just crumble into ash. Hey, it's got that symbol on the cover. Oh shit, yeah! The one on the badges! Let's check out the index. Hags. Halloween. Hawk, Ethan. Helios and Matheson! Hell yeah! Oh, sorry, I was just reading the next entry. Page 8,304. Here we go. Of this ancient group we shall not speak, for its secrets elsewhere you must seek. Hmm. That's all I got here. Jumanji-ass entry. I wonder if there's some way to get in contact with Jinra. Try to get some more information out of him. Yeah, let me check the back dust jacket. Damn, not much here at all. Just a frame with a big question mark in it. And then underneath, where there should be a nice bio, it's just the ten plagues all written out. Like the biblical ten plagues? From Exodus? Yeah. You know, blood, frogs, lice, all that. Real Passover hours. Huh. Jinra. Must be a Sephardic name. Whatever he is, he seems like a real piece of... Hang on. What? Something's weird with this list. The plagues are out of order. The list here starts with locusts, which should be the eighth plague, I think, then blood for some reason, then boils, and so on. It's all mixed up. Hmm. And you know what? Darkness is on here twice, and there's no slaying of the firstborn. I always remember that one. My younger brother always thinks it's so funny. I don't know. It seems like a weird misprint. Oh my god. Spencer, read them out to me. Locusts, blood, boils. Beasts, frog, lice. Darkness, darkness. Cattle disease. Hail. 816-423-9957. Holy shit, dude. Nice. Hand me my phone. As we waited for Jin Ra to pick up the phone, we found ourselves wondering if poking the sleeping bear was a good idea. Could Helios and Matheson's secrets be so diabolical that this Old Testament-loving occult expert even refused to chronicle them? Would he, like, hex us for even asking? Oh yeah, that whole Jin Ra thing. I was really going through it at the time, being a real drama queen and all. What do you want to know? 
Turns out Jin Ra was just the kind of problematic pseudonym for Lorraine Hansen Jansen, a Minnesota pet store owner who got pretty into the supernatural as an undergrad at McAllister. That said, she seemed to know her stuff pretty well, even decades later. Oh my god, is that really what I put in my author bio? <laughs> I must have been pretty schnuckered. Sorry to make you do all that work. So can you tell us anything about Helios and Matheson that isn't in the book? Oh, sure. Uh, let's see. So Helios and Matheson founded in 400 BC by this Athenian named Pinderos Matheson. Wait, sorry, did you say 400 BC? Oh, you're darn tootin'. Wow. Okay, uh, just confirming. So, uh, there was this Athenian named Pinderos Matheson, and you know how ancient Greek theater was a huge part of their culture. They basically invented it, created drama and comedy. Uh, you sound like smart kids, you know this already. Um, so this one guy, uh, Pinderos Matheson, right, uh, he was in charge of the theater in Athens. He wanted to give all the citizens unlimited free access to all the shows was obsessed with that idea. Had to be unlimited, had to be free. But uh, he also wanted it to eventually turn a profit to make the plays worth it for the Athens city state to keep putting them on. Sounds like a tough needle to thread. Oh, it was. He was constantly making sacrifices to Helios, the sun god, just begging him to help him figure it out. How could all these people see theater without paying for it? <laughs> Enough people believed in his mission that over time he was able to build up a group who would perform his rituals with him. And they were mostly actors from the plays he would put on. Theater kids. The most dangerous type of followers. They became kind of a cult. Called themselves the Helians. They claimed to be able to summon Helios every year at midnight on the summer solstice using a process called full solarity. Solarity? Helios and Matheson was a whole thing back then, believe me. Oh, you know the Colossus of Rhodes? Sure, the giant statue in Greece. It was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world before it collapsed in an earthquake. Knew you were a smart cookie. I believe that that earthquake was caused by an angry Helios. The statue was of him, you know. Built by the Helians to worship him, he must have gotten ticked off pretty bad to knock the whole thing down. Or it could have just been an earthquake. Tomato, tomato. Anyway, the Helians grew to be a major force in ancient Greece, constructing the Colossus, infiltrating the government, patronizing theater and the arts. Sure, some say they performed human sacrifices, but who didn't back then? And here's the thing, they never really went away. Just sort of hid in the shadows for millennia, kept their affiliation with Helios and Mathis in secret. In fact, a lot of powerful people even today are rumored to be Helians. Politicians, cryptocurrency tycoons, Hollywood bigwigs, all types. So what, they're just like a knockoff Illuminati? Oh, geez, honey. The Illuminati are knockoff Helios and Matheson. This episode of Blackout Dates is presented by Bjornkorn. Bjornkorn harnesses the power of the sun to pop their homegrown non-GMO popcorn and seasons it with an all-natural, gluten-free, and vegan ingredients. The corn comes in several different flavors, including classic, spicy, and salty, which is my personal favorite. Hit the link down in the episode description to pick up your first box and enter the code BLACKOUT10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. That's offer code BLACKOUT10. This episode of Blackout Dates is brought to you by Rootless Coffee Company. You can support the podcast by buying a bag of our special Blackout Roast Dark Roast Blend from the link in the description, and use promo code BLACKOUT for 15% off any of their other awesome products. Again, that's promo code BLACKOUT. Our call with Jin Ra 
aka Lorraine Hansen Jansen, about the origins of Helios and Matheson was quickly sending us to the bottom of the rabbit hole. And the closer we got, the more frightened we became of what might be awaiting us there. So before the ad break, did you did you say they did human sacrifices? Oh, sure. But that was millennia ago, sweetie, back when everyone was doing it. It was a different time. So then what do they do these days? Oh, the usual. Nepotism, insider trading, maybe make an airliner disappear every now and then. Still not people you want to mess with, but they've adapted pretty well to modern times. It sounded like Lorraine was right. The most notable 21st century product of Helios and Matheson was, well, MoviePass. And it was extremely successful, at least for a time. Plus, the concept did seem to be carrying on the Helian founding principle of providing the masses with ridiculously cheap entertainment. But at what cost? How far would modern-day Helians be willing to go to fulfill the vision of their founder? And do you think they still have a powerful presence in this country even today? Oh, I've got no doubt. They've always had a lot of influence in New York, Los Angeles, anywhere with the major entertainment industry. In fact, their first meeting place in North America wasn't too far from where you boys are now. Oh, really? Uh, where was that? Uh, you know those uh, horse stables and, oh, uh, what is it? Oh, a Hell's Kitchen? Uh, the NYPD uses them. Um, so do the carriages you see in Central Park. In colonial times, even before the United States of America, the Helians used to meet there perform their rituals. Maybe they still do. <laughs> we wanted to ask about one of the symbols on the cover of your book. It's a circle with a bunch of little lines radiating off of it. Oh, like a sun drawn by a kindergartner. <laughs> oh, sure, that's the actinocrator. It's the symbol of Helios and Matheson, right? We've come across it a few times in our investigation. We saw it on an office door belonging to the MoviePass CEO. And then, of course, on the badges that we... You've seen the badges? Yeah, 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 we have one. Oh, super! Those little guys are powerful. They're imbued with some kind of protective enchantment. They say Rasputin used to carry three on him at all times. That's how he survived being shot and drowned and poisoned and whatnot. Helians would use them during the full solarity in case anything went wrong with the summoning. When you're dealing with an elder god, you know it's good to have a backup plan. So hold on to that baby. Thanks so much for your time, Lorraine. This is all extremely helpful in finding out the true story behind MoviePass. Uh, Zach, would you mind just wrapping this up? I gotta run to the... I have one last story before you go. Uh, Helios wasn't a very major god in Greek mythology, but he appeared in a number of works of poetry and literature. The most famous one was the myth of his son, Phaeton. Kind of have to go to the bathroom, Lorraine. Could we maybe schedule another? Helios had a number of children with many different wives, kind of like my ex-husband. One of Helios's kids was Phaeton. Phaeton grew up not knowing who his father was, but when he got old enough, he asked his mother. She told him his father was Helios, the son. So Phaeton went to Helios and asked if this was true. Helios welcomed Phaeton with open arms and gave him a gift. He could have one wish granted, whatever he wanted. Phaeton said that he wanted to drive Helios' chariot across the sky one morning to make the sun rise. Now, this was a big ask. That thing was massive, and it took a very skilled driver to operate it correctly. Only Helios knew how to do it. He tried to tell Phaeton that it was too dangerous, but Phaeton demanded his father stick to his promise. So the next morning, Helios gritted his teeth, and handed Phaeton back the ring. Are we like halfway done with the story? Oh my god, it was a disaster. 
Phaeton couldn't control the chariot at all. He either went too low and scorched the earth, or he went too high and everything froze. Eventually, Zeus had to intervene, and he struck the chariot with a lightning bolt. Phaeton fell to the ground and died. But the whole world was saved. Is that the end? That is the end. Okay, be right back. That's a great myth and all, but why is it important for us to know? Why do you think Pandaros Matheson chose Helios as his patron god? Because he saw himself in him. The only one capable of being in charge of an important resource. Disastrous in the wrong hands. Driving the sun chariot, providing unlimited free entertainment. Same difference. Zach, what did I miss? Uh, just a myth involving Helios. It added some flavor, but nothing too important. Oh, good. Sorry to bail, but it was starting to hurt in the tip. Anyway, I thought that was illuminating. Yeah, maybe a little too illuminating. There's a certain gargantuan quality about this whole thing, you know what I mean? If Jake Sodak was wrapped up in the Helios and Matheson cult, I'm not sure I want to find out where he went. Man, come on, we're so close. I have a strong feeling we're only an episode or two away from finding out what happened to Jake, uncovering the truth behind Helios and Matheson, and providing our listeners with closure regarding the demise of their favorite app. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I think we... Zach, how many times have I asked you to mute your phone when we record? Dude, that was your phone. No, wait, mine, mine's on Do Not Disturb. How could it... Oh! What? Oh my God. They got to me, Zach. They got to my phone. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, God. Spencer just got a notification from the Phantom Movie Pass app. Dude, calm down. It's just the same thing that happened to me. No, this time it's worse. Why? Because it's happening to me. Fine. What does it say? Just two words. Stables. Midnight. Blackout Dates is created by Zach Gelfand and Spencer Rothrose. It is produced by Ryan Cox and Andrew Perlman in association with Erudite Productions. Sound design by Zach Gelfand. Theme music by Alex Hahn. Additional music by Kevin McLeod. Artwork by Madeline Godin. Publicity by Big Picture Media. Additional voices by Jeremy Rothrose and Jillian Carande. I've been told that this hits all the bases. Blackout Dates is a work of fiction. All characters and events in this show, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional and products of the writer's imaginations. Yeah, end of the yap and throw it in the description, I think.